0: Hey everybody, Anthony Kazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Podcast and CincyJungle.com. Happy to have you joining us, getting you started, getting your week started with some Bengals news, some NFL news. As we finish up week one, there are some Monday night football games to be played this evening. And of course, we move into week two with the Bengals kicking off week two on Thursday night against the Cleveland Browns. In Cleveland on Thursday Night Football. Happy to have you with us. I'm going to be going through some Bengals news, kind of quickly rattling through that, as well as some news around the AFC North, some news around the NFL, and uh, going to be sharing my screen, etc. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Happy to have you with us. You can always catch our show either on our YouTube channel. There should be a little bit of a, I think, right about here, if you're watching us on YouTube, there should be a little logo there. You can click that to subscribe to our channel, be notified when we take the air live, when new content is available. You can do the same if you like the cincyjungle.com Facebook page, all of our podcast material, as well as that of Ace, Boogie, and Zim Hude, who run the Orange's New Black and New Stripe City podcast channels. They're part of our, our network here, so their stuff will be there. Uh, we have an Instagram page at Cincy Jungle where we give you a couple of the podcast uh, clips here and there, as well as keep you up to date on Bengals news, what's happening, etc. And, of course, you can get this show wherever you get your audio platforms. I want to sh- say a quick thank you. As well, to those of you who joined us for the the first pregame show we ever had. Obviously, we had a little fun with it. Very much more relaxed type of atmosphere to that. We were kind of getting set to party and watch the game and all of that. Hope you enjoyed that. Join us on our YouTube channel and the Facebook page every week as we do that. Um, that is brought to you by Narragansett Beer. And we are thankful that they are partnering with us for that show. Well, let's get to it, guys. I'm going to start, I think... Uh, let's see where I want to start. Let's talk a little Joe Burrow, I guess. Um, you know, some people could have been critical of his performance. Some people could have, I mean, you look at the stat line, less than 200 yards. You look at, you know, no touchdown passes the one touchdown run, but you know, 66 quarterback rating, not overly gaudy numbers, but for everything he had to deal with, I think a lot of people were encouraged, particularly at the end. So quickly as we get to that, um, we're going to talk a little bit about yesterday, and then I think we're going to try and turn the page. We're going to turn the page. We talked quite a bit about that on our post-game show and um, other write-ups that are coming, are forthcoming on com. So we're going to try and turn the page in just a little bit, but we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some different rumblings yesterday, and um, then we'll we'll try and move on, move on here. So this is... I'm just going to share a couple of tweets with you here. I'm not going to play the video, um, the the audio for you, uh, at least not on one of them. Maybe I'll play you the audio on this one here. But this, uh, th- there's a tweet here, and it's through iHeart iHeart Cincinnati, but it's actually from Good Morning Football, Nate Burleson talking about Joe Burrow and basically saying that he's got it um you can see he got it he's got the sauce he's got the flavor he's got the confidence i loved everything i saw from joe burrow that was a comment by uh nate burleson here let's let's start this over this one's only 36 seconds so i will play this one um i don't think i'm gonna play uh, another one that's about three minutes here so i'm gonna play this one for you and let's let's hear it he got it he got the sauce He got the flavor. He got the confidence. He was taking shots early. I mean, Bosa was all over him. But he picked himself up, dusted himself off, and then got after it. Everything about Joe Burrow yesterday, I loved. Of course, he made some mistakes. He missed some throws. He's a rookie in his first ever debut. And still had a chance in that final drive, cooking. Boom, boom, boom. Down the drill. Two minute, two minute. Had a chance to win it. But kicker let him down. I'll just call it what it is. But Joe Burrow is my new favorite young quarterback. Bengals, I need a jersey. So he likes what he sees. He likes what he sees. And surprisingly, I won't play this one uh, because it's it's quite a bit longer. Um, And and spoiler alert, it may make an appearance on our Wednesday deep dive show as maybe a quote of the week, one of our sound bites of the week. But this is Colin Cowherd, the Fox Sports radio analyst who was very hard on Joe Burrow started kind of going down the uh, Baker Mayfield route in terms of how he feels about Joe Burrow uh, coming out of quarter uh, as a quarterback for the Bengals. He said, he's going to struggle. He said, this offensive line is no good. He said all kinds of different things. And basically not very glowing reviews from Colin Cowherd. Well, in the last week to two weeks, all of a sudden he's kind of turned the page a little bit. I thought personally that Colin Cowherd was going to come out and absolutely blast Joe Burrow in his performance in this game. Not that I felt that he was deserving of it. I just felt that Colin Cowherd was going to take that platform and, and go extremely hard on Joe Burrow. But in one start already... And I'm not going to play this whole clip. Because as you can see, it was close to like four minutes, I think. So I'm not going to play the audio for you. But Colin Coward, you can find it on his Twitter account. You can find it on Fox Sports. He basically says, you know, he, he loved what he saw out of, out of Joe Burrow. He loved the grit at the end of the game. And he thinks he is trending up. This team is trending up. And he says he thinks Joe Burrow is in a, a better prospect than Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and he said Baker Mayfield, which is ironic because... Joe Burrow travels to Cleveland to face Baker Mayfield this week. So very interesting comments and glowing reviews from Colin Coward. Again, you can kind of see the tweet video here. I'm not going to play the audio because it is uh, kind of a long one. And it's going to take up a, a good chunk of time. Don't want to do that. But listen to it. Uh, more glowing reviews for Joe Burrow on that one. So, you know, y- you got you to kind of take a look at... Um, some of these things and, and I know we're all kind of frustrated about how yesterday ended up there there are a lot of questions that are being asked uh, particularly of Zach Taylor I think you know you take the ball a little bit out of your quarterback's hands uh, towards the end there do you not you're an offensive you're an offensive guru supposedly you don't have a play call from the 10 12 yard line 13 yard line that maybe takes up four or five seconds one shot to the end zone. A point I'm making in a post that's going to be coming up on cincyjungle.com soon is you don't burn all those timeouts early in in the second half. You have at least one in your pocket. You're not sitting at the 13-yard line with seven seconds having to rush Randy Bullock out there and try for the tie. You maybe have two or three shots at the end zone before you have to bring out Randy Bullock. And and Zach Taylor and, and the offensive unit, kind of burn those timeouts early. Uh, I think they were gone by about six or seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. And uh, you know, you, 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 you're not doing your rookie quarterback a, a service there by doing that. So uh, you know, unfortunately those are, those are some things that need to be cleaned up. And, and on one hand, you look at it and you say, you look, no preseason, These still a young staff, rookie quarterback, everybody's trying to find their way. You know, the officials didn't give, give them any kind of leeway uh, with the A.J. Green call, all of these things. But at the same time, guys, Bengals had, I I think, eight games last year, one possession or so, one score games that they lost. They started the season that way again this year under Zach Taylor. You got to find a way to close out these games. You can't make these mistakes. You can't make these coaching mistakes. You can't do all of that. So while things are trending up in the the national media – Uh, is praising Joe Burrow and they're, they're saying, you know, I think this kid has it by the way, going back to the Colin cowherd thing, he kept likening Joe Burrow to a Tony Romo uh, comparison. So take that for what you will Uh, definitely meant it as a positive because Tony Romo was a, was a pretty solid quarterback in the NFL, but he he kept kind of harkening to that one. But at any rate, a lot of people are saying, you know, Joe Burrow showed a lot, particularly on that last drive. The team and other facets kind of let him down there. So, uh, you know, at least we can kind of be positive about that. Talking more about the progress of the team, and especially as it compares to last year, look at look at this tweet from uh, PFF, the Cincinnati Bengals account. Jesse Bates was incredible yesterday. Jesse Bates played an incredible football game yesterday, as did William Jackson. Uh, as did Mackenzie Alexander, Jermaine Pratt played very well. Jermaine Pratt had 12 total tackles. He was everywhere. Um, now you look at it and you say, well, you know, the, the chargers did net over 100 yards on the ground. Their two backs. You know, did Joshua Kelly had a good game as did, uh, Austin Eckler. They did. Okay. The big plays were limited. Uh, the offense was just non-existent for spells, putting the defense out there a lot. And then, you know, a good, I don't want to say the majority of it, but a, a decent amount of the production on the ground that the Chargers gained was when DJ Reader went out of the game with cramps. So, you know, and then you don't have Geno Atkins in there and all of a sudden, and, you know, Mike Daniels was in there playing a full game and he's dinged up. We'll talk more about that in a second. Um, he was dinged up in there. And so, you know, the the interior of the defensive line was, was kind of a mess yesterday when DJ Reader went out. So that's when a good chunk of... The Chargers, you know, they, they started to take advantage of things on the ground. But overall, I thought the Bengals' defense looked much improved. Mackenzie Alexander played well. Darius Phillips, he had some downs, but he had a couple of pass breakups as well. So, you know, those guys were flying around. Hey, 16 points on your home field, that's enough to get you to win, right? I mean, you can, you can look at the 100 yards, over 100 yards rushing, um, no turnovers, inconsistent pass rush. Those are all things that need to improve. But you give up 16 points. On your home field, you should win the football game. That's that's just the way it is. So, But you look here, 91.6 PFF grade for Jesse Bates, who had a couple of pass breakups, was hitting people, uh, just played an outstanding, outstanding football game. And he is a guy that John Sheeran and I have noted that needs to have a bounce-back year this year. We felt he would, but needs to have a bounce-back year in order for the team and the defense to play better and so far one game in he is playing uh really well and Sean Madden yeah still confused how that Bates hit was a personal foul there was a lot of questionable calls that went against the Bengals yesterday and unfortunately it sounds like a chorus line and a a thing we often use as excuses and all of that Uh, unfortunately they're just the calls were not going their way yesterday however as we mentioned on the post game show look we can all point to Randy Bullock for missing that kick, and rightfully so. If he got hurt on the kick, you know, that, that's a real bummer. And if that's the true reason why he got he missed that kick, I, I guess that makes it understandable if he's if he's hurt. And by the way, we'll talk more about that in a second. The the other thing is, you know anytime yeah it's the, it's the kick at the end of the game but anytime that situation occurs you can look at so many other instances in a game and it's so easy to forget those instances because of that one glaring missed field goal I mentioned the wasted timeouts by Zach Taylor that hurt the team at the end of the game I mentioned uh so, some other issues what a, you know uh, you can talk about John Ross we're not going to go into analysis because that's not what this show's about but at least not this episode of the show, I should say the, you know, you can talk about John Ross and all of his issues, Bobby Hart, all of his issues, you you know, uh, missed touchdown passes to Ross and AJ green on the same drive within a couple of plays to each other. So, I mean, these are, these are all the things that collectively led up to the loss. And of course, you know, uh, Randy Bullock misses it at the end. He did hit two clutch kicks when the Bengals weren't moving the ball very well. He hit him from 50 and 43, so you got to give him credit for that. But um, you know, at some point, you have to you have to get this team to find a way to win. You have to make them not make the silly mistakes, not have the same guys make the silly mistakes, and you got to have guys step up in in crunch time. Fortunately, it appeared that the Bengals' new franchise quarterback did so. He stepped up in crunch time and played well on that final drive when, you know, he could have folded his, his stuff and gone home. I mean, he, he had a bad interception and, and other things happened to him. Pressure all day. He could have really, as a rookie, just folded, and he did not. And uh, that was a good sign from Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's look a little bit at uh, – I usually share this because it's a good uh, source of links for Bengals news, NFL news, etc. Uh, This is on CincyJungle.com. It is their kind of morning start news links here. Um, Just some other things to to look at. Uh, A.J. Green is pretty – by the way, I thought he played pretty well also yesterday. Um, Five catches, 51 yards. You look at the stat line, you go, big deal. A.J. Green was wide open for a touchdown. Should have had about a 30-yard touchdown. Uh, You know, I think that was in the, uh, in the third quarter there should have had another touchdown, obviously had the game winner questionable call at the end of the game there. So, you know, I, I, he was open, he was making plays, making catches, extending drives. And, you know, when the offense wasn't working very well, he was one of the guys that, that continued to kind of make some plays. So, yeah, but, but anyway, uh, you know, he called Burrow quote, unbelievable in terms of how he played and that that says quite a bit. One game in, AJ Green already complimenting him. And there's another if you look at the Bengals social media, he said we're, you know, we're going to build this thing brick by brick. We're going to continue on and we're going to get things right in week 2. So, AJ Green is confident, he likes what he sees out of the quarterback and, you know, he also was pretty heated about the call at the end of the game to deny him of the game winning touchdown. So, um, and by the way, it was a very good catch and footwork by a green to even make that a, <laughs> a possible touchdown um, and a good throw by Burrow as well. Looking at some of these others, I mean, you know, there's game quotes, et cetera. Uh, this one's interesting to me. Joe Burrow uh, gives himself a D grade. In, in his own rookie debut, um, as he was asked about that after the game, gave himself a D, claimed that, you know, he shouldn't have thrown that interception, obviously. And he said that that throw that he missed to A.J. Green was a throw that a high school quarterback should and could have made, and he did not do it. So uh, he's very hard on himself, a bit of a perfectionist, which is good. And you don't want him to, you know, I, I you don't want to sit here and say, oh, I I played, I played great, you know, in a, in a loss. And I don't know, it's it's just the right mentality to have and not really a surprising one from what we know about Joe Burrow and, and uh, all of that. So there is, so you can see here the kicker got hurt in the middle of the chip shot. We'll talk about that. Let's, let's talk a little bit of NFL news and news going into the, Uh, the the Bengals Thursday night game as they face the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland on Thursday night football. I personally think this is going to be a game that says a lot about the trajectory of the Bengals this year, the trajectory of Joe Burrow this year and Joe Burrow's, it may be a little bit of a sample size of what's ahead for Joe Burrow and the Bengals long-term. And I know that's, that may be a stretch to say, but short week on the road, divisional game in primetime, coming off a loss. All of those facets. um, And to see how Joe Burrow and the Bengals respond to what happened this week on primetime television, I will be very interested to see that. And you got to know that Cleveland team is pretty angry about what they uh, had happened to them. They got shellacked by the Ravens in Baltimore. So um, they're looking to come home and take it to the Bengals as well. So this is going to be a very interesting game. I did see earlier that David Njoku, who had a touchdown catch uh, for the Browns against Baltimore, I believe the only touchdown Cleveland had in the game. They uh, the, the Browns placed him on IR with a knee issue. Now it sounds like it's not like a torn ligament. It sounds more like a you know a relatively significant sprain or something like that. I think. But it sounds like he's going to be an IR return guy. But for sure, Njoku will not be playing against the Bengals this Thursday night. Um, it, it paves the way for Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper to really have those top two tight end spots locked down. The Browns, by the way, uh, put had the highest percentage of two tight end sets of any team on offense in week one. Um, so even though they lost Njoku uh, for a bit here, I think – that we can expect to see uh, Hooper and Bryant out there quite frequently on Thursday night. And I think they want to do that as well because the, you know, they want to make things as manageable for, for Baker Mayfield who had a really, really shaky, shaky game um, against, against Baltimore here. A couple of other things before we continue on to the Browns and Bengals kind of focusing on some news as we sit here Monday afternoon, uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers lost to New Orleans. That's a big uh that's a big storyline, you know, a lot of people kind of jumped on the Buccaneers bandwagon late this summer as they signed Brady, Gronkowski, they got Leonard Fournette, they've got, you know, the wide receiver core and they went into New Orleans and uh New Orleans took it to them. So, um, you know, there's there's still a little bit to be done there in terms of progress and uh, you know, making Tampa Bay a true contender. Uh on the on the flip side, Cam Newton uh, beats the Dolphins, had a rushing touchdown and, and did a little bit of everything for, for the Patriots. So that that uh, can't feel too great for Tom Brady as he sees that. But who knows, <laughs> who knows how he truly feels about that. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch broke his collarbone and he's going to IR. He is the uh, the, the very good linebacker for the Cowboys um, suffered that on Sunday night um, as they lost to the Rams. So not good news for him. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We're getting you started with some headlines around the league, some Bengals news, some NFL news, some AFC North news, uh, and continuing on into the rest of the week, we will be doing our usual Wednesday show. Um, we may... Uh, we may tweak some things there, but for now we we're doing our normal Wednesday show, John Sheeran and I for Wednesday evening. And then Thursday we'll have our pregame show. Like we're doing it brought uh, like we did this last Sunday brought to you by Narragansett beer. And then we'll do a postgame show after the Bengals hopefully beat the Browns on Thursday night football. We'll see how that goes. And hopefully the Bengals can get to one and one on the season on a very short week. Uh, so keep it to our show. Keep it to cincyjungle.com for all of the news and headlines over week two. So let's go to the injury report. This is put out by Tyler Dragon, at least an injury report as of Monday. I will share this tweet. Unfortunately, the interior of the defensive line Continues to be an issue. Gino Atkins, the shoulder injury. Mike Daniels suffering a groin issue. Suofilo, Xavier Suofilo uh, hurt his ankle um, in the game on Sunday. And Billy Price had to come in for him. So we'll have to keep an eye on that guard situation. And then Sean Williams, who missed the game in general on Sunday with the calf injury that he injured. During training camp, he will – I I don't know exactly what we should expect there. It's been kind of quiet on the Sean Williams front, but he did not practice on Monday. And then, of course, you got limited participation. Randy Bullock, apparently both of his calves are ailing him at this point in time. And defensive end Sam Hubbard with a knee issue. That's not good news either. Um, The fact that he was limited participation on Monday – uh, leads me to believe that both uh, Hubbard and Bullock should be okay, but um, you know Bullock looked like he was hurting quite a bit after that missed field goal. We'll see. By the way, Sam Hubbard spoke very highly of Ma- Mike Daniels in terms of him filling in for Geno Atkins and basically playing the the bulk of snaps while he was dealing with his own injury and uh, ended up playing pretty well. With no Geno, you know, I thought that defensive line still played pretty well. Mike Daniels, DJ Reader, et cetera, played, played pretty well. So, and by the way, no DJ Reader on here because it was just cramps in that game. So he seems to be good to go, which is good news. The thing is, by the way, if you had joined us for the pregame show, we had Bengal Jim Foster, one of the fan advocates. He was actually on our Monday News Jump, was it a week ago? Uh, I believe it was maybe a week ago, talking about his drive-through tailgate, etc. Interestingly enough, if you had watched the pregame show with us, Jim was setting up the tailgate experience that he put on yesterday, which, by all accounts, was a great success. And uh, you can you can see more and hear more about it on Twitter and, and the like. But uh, really, really cool experience. And go check out our pregame show again if you want to talk and, and get get kind of a vibe from from Jim at his at his tailgate experience. But Apparently, Troy Blackburn was on a morning jog past Jim and his crew as they were setting things up, and he chatted with Troy Blackburn. They know each other, and uh, Jim had asked him about the status of Geno Atkins. Should we be concerned long-term, like an A.J. Green type of situation last year? Troy Blackburn, of course, wasn't going to you know divulge all kinds of details, but he did make it known that Geno Atkins was probably going to be 50-50. For this game against the Browns with his shoulder injury and if he does not suit up this week expect him to be there definitely for week three so not a super long-term issue for Geno Atkins but if the Bengals want to kind of right the ship uh, especially this week in a critical division game on the road short week as I mentioned getting Geno Atkins back would be a good first start so This is the news in terms of uh, Monday practice reports. Um, You know, unfortunately, you look at it and it's quite a bit of starters, heavy rotational guys, uh, guys you need to rely on. So I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, particularly with Atkins and Williams, the guys who missed last week. Um, Mike Daniels not practicing at all is not a good sign. But then again, he's a little bit up there in age too. So maybe they're just giving him a veteran rest day with, because he has this issue, um, but still, not good news along the defensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals because they wanted to build depth, and they did build depth this offseason. They wanted to build depth for rotational purposes. And uh, unfortunately, they, uh, they've they just been hit hard by the injury bug. So it's good that they've put these contingency plans in place. By the way, Carolyn Reiner, thank you for the positive feedback on the pregame show. If you got some feedback for us, let us know. It's the first time we've done it. we try to make casual fun. Uh, have some laughs and and talk about the game and fantasy football and stuff. So hopefully you join us again Thursday night for that. So uh, that is uh, a little bit about the news going into the game. As I mentioned, David Njoku now on injured reserve. He's probably going to be a callback to return somewhat soon, as soon as he's eligible and as soon as, you know, the rule, which by the way is now shortened. Um, So it should be just a handful of weeks by initial reports from Njoku, but he will not be playing Thursday night. Um, against the Cincinnati Bengals. We don't know yet the true status of Atkins, Daniels, Williams, all kinds of players for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Some did not practice on Monday. Some had limited participation. It will be very interesting to see what happens with Randy Bullock this week if for some reason this injury to both of his calves, apparently, uh, if that lingers on and either he's unable to go or – he's it's still bugging him and he is able to go. Does that mean the Bengals are going to go for more fourth down plays? They're not going to settle for field goals. They're just going to keep going for it. Are they going to pick up another kicker who's out there? I don't know. Uh I, I see that. Uh, I believe the Browns just actually made a move for kicker, a uh, kicker as well. I'll have to look that up. But so there was, there was a move there, you know, uh, does that mean the Bengals will do the same if Randy Bullock continues to struggle? I don't know. But at any rate, that is the news as we get you started this week on Monday. The Bengals, unfortunately, are 0-1. Tough, tough loss yesterday. A game you felt that the Bengals should have had, did not walk away with the win. But it sounds like they're prepping well. They're trying to get healthier. They're trying to uh you know they're propping up their their young quarterback and he's he's being hard on himself but it sounds like a lot of people in the national media at least are, po- are are being positive about the outlook on Joe Burrow. again, this is a game that's going to tell us a lot about the Bengals 2020 season, Joe Burrows season and potentially the you know long-term future in terms of how we can potentially expect to see Joe Burrow and the Bengals perform in primetime. We know that's been a big issue for the team especially under Marvin Lewis. But, um, you know, they need to start winning these big games on primetime. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Again, get the show on your favorite audio platform. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go ahead and like that Cincy Jungle Facebook page where you can get all of our video content. And, hey, if you're on Instagram, we kind of restarted uh, we hit the reset button a little bit on our Instagram page. It was dormant for a little bit. So if you're, if you're on Instagram, go ahead and check that out. We've got a lot of content that we're putting up on here, both podcast-wise, website-wise, stuff from the Bengals uh, website and media itself. So go ahead and give that a follow, if you will. And keep it to Cincy Jungle for all your headlines, news, opinions, analysis, great podcasts, if I can pat myself on the back on that a little bit because I'm part of one of a few that, are, that I feel are pretty good. <laughs> So thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll get you covered this week as a thing. Cloud 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Cloud 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.